Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Moss NM and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth Bedoff. Joining me this evening, we have the one, the only Jacob Turrell. Jacob, how are you doing this evening? I know uh, we talked a little bit Saturday evening after the loss. Uh, how have you recovered and how are things going? How's your wife doing? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, start with the wife. Uh, she's doing good. She's ready to definitely have the baby. Um, so we have an appointment Thursday uh, that'll hopefully tell us uh, more or less when we can plan on having it. Um, if we do a C-section or get induced or whatever. And so, yeah, uh, everything's going good there. As for the match on Saturday, yeah, I've pretty much recovered. Didn't have a whole lot of time. You know, we got Phoenix tomorrow, which we'll talk about here in a bit. And so, uh, uh, as Belichick would say, or, or Troy uh, would say, uh, on to the next one, on to, on to Phoenix. So, yeah, I mean, that's really all we can do at this point, you know, with the matches coming as quickly as they are this week. Uh, that's really all there's time to do. Um, and before we do get into that, uh, I do want to make sure we shout out. Uh, we did have some, a special bonus episode go live this morning. Earl's uh, daughter. Sure, sure. We'll say Earl's daughter. Maya. He's not here to change. He's yeah. not here to tell us anything. <laughs> and uh, and Marlena is not in the chat to tell us otherwise. So um, uh, Maya got to interview Marshad Amadi from the New Mexico Runners that went up on our on our feed yesterday or this morning, I should say. So be sure to go give that a listen if you haven't already. Uh, cute little interview from uh, from Maya. So congratulations to her for doing that. Uh, took uh, obviously it takes a lot the first time you you talk to. Uh, someone in that capacity i mean i'm mm-hmm. sure we could talk to you know, daylin about her experience talking to troy and some of the players and, and uh you know even my son has done it my little son has, has asked the question so uh congratulations to her on doing that so go check that out before we do get into tonight's topics jacob i do have one burning question for you yes the nfl draft is this week it is what does your team need um everything <laughs> uh now at least uh I, th- I think we're probably good on quarterback in the eyes of the office um, and wide receiver. We're probably pretty set. And then other than that, it's like, I don't know um, our, our running back, our number one running backs, like a third rounder from last year um, or maybe a sixth rounder from last year who I like, but uh, our offensive line, hopefully if our offensive line is healthy again, uh, we should be set there actually, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know if that's knows a coach or knows how to coach. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out here in just a little bit. Uh, yeah, the Falcons, of course, have the number eight overall pick this year because uh, we sucked last year. And, I mean, to be completely honest with you, I, I know we have Ritter, but I, I don't know. I, I really don't know how he's going to pan out. So I would not be against a quarterback somewhere in the first or second round. But that being said, I think our more pressing need is uh, somewhere on the offensive line. Get a little bit of depth there. Uh, we have had a number of injuries the past couple seasons. So I think some offensive line depth, maybe some help at the, at the defensive back positions would be a big boost for the Falcons. So, uh, yeah, the draft kicks off what's it, Thursday night, round mm-hmm. one. Yeah, you can hear everything if you don't have NFL draft cast and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Here in uh, Albuquerque or online at ESPN uh, 1017team.com. You can listen to the entire draft. I am a company man. 
Thank you. Uh, no, Harry. No, I don't want Lamar Jackson. I do not. That's the dumbest thing you've ever said. I don't want him. I don't want him. <laughs> we have more pressing needs. We have Rizzer. We have, like I said, we have Ritter. Like I said, I don't know where he's going to be. Um, maybe he'll develop into something. I, I don't really know. But number one, we're still pressed for cap space. So signing Lamar Jackson is probably not even an option for us. So You're, are you really? As far as I know, we are. I like, even with, you know, Julio being gone, with Matt Ryan's contract being offloaded, we were like, we had a been, lot of dead money. You guys have been bad since you went to the Super Bowl and you're still strapped. Well, because because those those contracts we gave them, those contracts were terrible from a team perspective. Yeah. The the money the the money's still in the books though. That's the thing because you know those guaranteed deals and whatnot. There there's parts of the contract that are still on the books. So it's uh yeah, not looking forward to that this year. That's why you see all these free agent signings we've had. There's like no money. That's what that is. So. Anyway, moving right along into our main topics of the week. First up on our agenda is, of course, Open Cup. Tomorrow night, New Mexico United hosts at the Lab for the first time in three years of Open Cup competition. Phoenix Rising FC, surprise, surprise. Uh, I mean, Jacob, we talked about a couple weeks ago when the draw happened. Not really surprised that we got paired with Phoenix Rising once again. Uh, Do you think it, at this point, do you think having the third consecutive open cup appearance against them. Do you think it hurts the rivalry? Do you think it builds the rivalry? Are we kind of indifferent to it at this point? No, I mean, it for sure builds the rivalry. Once the game starts for sure. Um, I think fans are probably tired of it. Uh, Like I know, I know it was kind of split when it was announced, whether on social media, whether people were, we're excited for it or kind of like us and like, Oh man, again. Um, but I think once, once it actually, once the game starts and we actually start seeing uh, the chippiness and, and the shit talking and going back and forth. And especially if it's close and not a, not a blow away, then, then I, yeah, I, I think, I think it'll, it'll just build the rivalry once that happens. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I know I was one of the ones who was not enthused about the drawing. Uh, I, I am in particular. I'm, I'm just. I'm so tired of seeing. It. And again, it's not. It's not from a matter of perspective. It, it's not from the perspective that I hate playing Phoenix as I do. I'm just tired of seeing them in the Open Cup. Like, I would have much rather seen any of the other clubs in our division. Uh, you know, or region, I should say. Um, I mean, so the question is, like, what can what can the cup do? Do they need to adjust the the regions? Do they need to maybe make the, the pots a little bit bigger? I mean, what's the fix for this? Because you look at some of the other matchups that happened this week as well. I mean, Charlotte and uh, Independence uh, played again, or uh, Charlotte Independence Charles oh, Battery played again. My uh, goodness, you know. Hold on, hold okay. on. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the birthday boy himself. Out of nowhere, it, I saw your your little thing pop up in our backstage, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's Stone Cold's music!" <laughs> oh dear God, I also got a new job title, by the way. I see so that. Did I. I see that. 
<laughs> who is that, Harry? Yeah, Harry, Harry, we have no idea. We we have not seen this person in quite some time. Uh, hold on, time out. Time the fuck out. Time the fuck out. I was gonna be here last week, but I had like general herpes. You had on my pink eyeball. eye. I had like you general had herpes on my eyeball. Okay, I was gonna be nice and just say pink eye, which is what it was, but you're the one that says herpes. So thoughts on the new Triple H belt? I love it. I love it. Um, you, guys Roman talk about that. Held... you guys talk about that for five seconds. I'm going to give him some drink. Yeah, I think that Roman Reigns has held the the WWE hostage for far too long. Um, and the fact that they're going to introduce a new belt that can be defended anytime, anywhere. I love it. I'm excited right, so, for it. So my question for you about that then, Earl, is this a new 24-7 championship or is it a legitimate like – It's a legitimate start- world heavyweight championship with 24-7 champions rules okay i i honestly don't instead know of how. the 24 7 championship how it was where it's like a backstage thing not really anything like contested mm-hmm. it's gonna be that but you're also trying to defend it through mm-hmm. a storyline as well okay I, yeah, I saw that clip. I was like, yeah, I mean, interesting, but like, I don't necessarily, I, mean, I wasn't actually a big fan of the 24 7 title, but I mean, if this is a, a belt that's going to put some guys on the map and give them legitimate pushes, then by all means. Yeah, and I think the first one that should have the belt is Cody Rhodes. No, no. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, really like, I'm a huge Cody Rhodes okay, fan. So, all right, so we've gone from Cody at WrestleMania against Roman. To now an offshoot title, like come on, that's a step down for Cody. Cody should they what they what they're gonna do is they're gonna draft Cody and Roman to the same show. No, because you can't. Is Cody really gonna like feud with Finn Balor now? Like come on. So I think then this is just my opinion, uh, my two cents worth. Um. Cody would be drafted to Raw because that was part of his uh that was part of his contracting was him Timeout. Did you say Time drafted? Out. Is there a draft? Yes, there is. I remember when that happened back a long time ago. That was exciting. I might have to actually look into this. Yeah, so um Marlena, thanks for the happy birthday. I do appreciate it. Um, even though I spent all day with you and For the record, I did say happy birthday when you first came on, so yeah, for the record, you two assholes didn't text me today. That's because you wouldn't reply even if we did. <laughs> Actually, I would have, you son of a bitch. I would have replied. Well, the past six months say differently, okay? Sorry. Earl, how old are you? 21. Thanks, Harry. Um, would you believe me if I said 30? 30? Yeah. Wow, you're catching up. I finally crossed that milestone where now if I get out of the bed wrong, my back hurts. And I now become DJ. Ah, my neck. Coach Steve. Thanks, Coach Steve. Chat. Appreciate it. Um, so, yeah. So. He's a big I, I, I wasn't going to touch that one, but okay. <laughs> Earl can finally sit at the adult table at Thanksgiving. I'm going to keep it PG. You can't, you can't order from the kids menu anymore, Earl. I couldn't. Uh, actually, there's a five-year-old in my life, so I still can. Oh, fair. Um, Anyways, like I was saying, uh, back to the Cody Rhodes thing and the draft. So, yes, there is a draft. It's happening this Friday and Monday. Um, And I think Cody gets drafted to Raw 
to because that's part of his deal coming back. So he'll be on Raw, and then he'll be the heir of the new title. I just I, I think it's a terrible idea to give it to Cody. Give it to give it to Finn. Give it to. I don't even give it to Logan Paul for all I care. Like, just don't. So, what exactly has Finn Balor done in the? Past I'm just, I'm just like, don't give it to months. Cody. C- Cody. The past four months, what has he done? I just don't want to see Cody have it. Cody deserves the universe a shot at the Universal Championship. Cody doesn't need to go from feuding with Roman to so suddenly. Here's the thing, though, about Balor. that, like, it doesn't yes, make. I would sense. love for Cody to have a Universal Championship, but, <coughs> um. But the thing with the Universal Championship is they can't let Roman lose the title without making him look weak. So if he loses the title, his whole... Let me pull this thing down. His whole greatness on a different level. He has to lose at some point. He can't wear the belt until he dies. Yeah, he can. So his whole thing... And it begins. Um, do, you, so his whole do you guys know? Do you guys know that scene in Finding Nemo when Squirt, the little turtle, is talking to, to Marlin, mm-hmm. and he's telling him how to exit the the whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. And then and then Finding Nemo goes. It's like he's trying to speak to me. I know it. It's kind of how I feel right now because I'm very <laughs> lost. I don't know why you hate Cody Rhodes. I don't know what the hell this new title is. Uh, I'm just very, very confused, and I don't, I don't understand how Earl thinks uh, Roman Reigns is just a champion for Infinity. Um, so no, he, he won't be champion for Infinity. He will be champion until he breaks the record. I don't care about the record. He he just dropped the belts. But so yeah, what, no one cares about you. What we're talking about in terms of a new belt is that Triple H basically came out on Raw this week and said that. Uh, Roman defends the belt so infrequently that they need a new championship that's going to be defended far more often. Is he wrong, though? No, he's not. Is Roman but on Raw? Roman no. goes on whatever show both. he wants to go on. Some both. Yeah. So if if Stone Cold's the boss, or not Stone Cold, if Triple H is the boss, can't he just make more title matches for Roman? Nope. Not when it's part of his contract. Uh, Roman Roman's only contract contractor for like a certain number of appearances or something. He took a part time deal. Yeah, Triple H even addressed it. He said, "You know, Roman basically worked his negotiated his contract to work for him." <clears throat> so yeah, basically pay per views, the occasional like, Monday night script, appearance. Script the next fight to get rid of the title for him. You can't do that without making him look weak. And by doing so? that. By doing that, that's my then, argument. You can you can do it in a way that's like backhanded to where somebody steals the title from him, and that so doesn't make that him look happens, weird. It then takes away the whole. Why do you think not mode. if not not if not if it's like a dirty move that gets the title? No, he's on God mode. You can't let him lose. That's what it is. But the thing is, Roman gets bailed out in every single freaking match by the rest yeah, I know. of the online. I know. So it, how is it, he it bothers me? How does he not look weak already when he can't when they don't script him to win a match all on his own? I mean, oh, touche, <laughs> touche. Mike, drop. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I think I think WWE put themselves in a really bad spot 
And they, when they did. Allowed, when they allowed they Roman put themselves in a terrible spot, not by letting Roman hold the title for so long, but by unifying the two titles into one. That's where they messed up. If they were to keep it the way it was, where he can be on both shows, defend the title on this one show for this one title, and defend the title on this one show, it would be fine. But the fact that they merged it into one, to where now he has to defend both titles at the same time, that's where they messed up. Had they not unified the titles, we're good. But the fact that they unified it to make him look like he has to lose both of them at the same time, that's where they that's where they messed up. So this whole new title going to one show thing, I think it's a great idea. One, you can keep your storyline with Roman Reigns and try to get him to beat the beat the record while doing your own thing with the new title and more people and a different storyline with that. I love that idea because that's the whole WrestleMania thing. And I'm going to go back to WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble to where the winner of the Royal Rumble win gets to choose between this title or this title. Not the winner of the Royal Rumble gets to face this one person. Is it Wait, is there only one title? Yes, right now there's only one title. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. That's so why I, I love the idea of them though. splitting the brands and going back to the two title thing <laughs> just for more. So there's not a raw growth. there's not a raw title and a SmackDown title? Not anymore. No. no. Okay, then yeah, there should be a second title. <laughs> what are we even doing here? <laughs> they did the same thing for for the for the tag belts too. It's just the one set of tag belts, so the what? Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, and so yeah, now they're trying to like force you know the the Jay Uso sometimes bloodline, not bloodline mess, and then it's now Cody's randomly feuding with uh you know Finn Balor, like it just doesn't. No, right now Cody's feuding with Brock. Or yeah, whatever. Yeah, Cody's feuding, big feud right now is Brock feuding with Brock, but then the Judgment Day want him to join Judgment Day, like yeah, it's just dumb. Which is going to lead to a feud right there. So yeah, I don't like the Judgment Day. I'm gonna put that out there right now. Um, and I haven't liked the Judgment Day even when Edge was running the show. Yeah. I, I, I so that goes back to my back to my old point on why I don't want Finn Balor to win it because the only thing he's done in the past six months is beat Edge. Well, I'm not saying I'm not saying that, I'm not necessarily saying I want Finn Balor to have it. I'm saying give it to somebody that's not Cody. Okay, Harry, who would you want to have the new World Heavyweight Championship? Solo Sokoa with uh, Rhea Ripley. <laughs> why can't why can't they just take like are they are they seriously just gonna give it to somebody? Yeah. No, there's gonna be like a tournament type deal or okay. something. No, yeah. they're gonna hand it to somebody. At, at night of, no, not that by the way Triple H made it sound. Like at night of champions they're gonna crown a champion. Well, and I and I guess I guess even if there's a, a match, they still technically hand it to somebody since it is all scripted. But um, yeah, I, I don't know why they don't just do like a, a Royal Rumble, not necessarily a Royal Rumble type, but a, a triple threat match or something like that to to the top three contenders besides Roman Reigns. Can we get back to what we are actually here for? And that's to talk about what I didn't watch all weekend soccer. Well, that's good because we're not well, we're not talking about what happened in the past. So that's good. Yeah. We're Thank We're God, because I watched the last 44 and a half seconds of it. 
you open do cup. realize you open are cup. The, <laughs> you do realize you're the third host on a podcast where we typically talk about soccer. Yeah, but I'm also the assistant general manager in charge of certain things. That was that was good finger work. Um, I'll give you that. Uh, that's that's difficult to do. Um, but yeah, open cup, open cup. We were talking about it already. Earl, what are your thoughts on Phoenix being the draw? It's old. I mean, it's what the fourth season in a row that we fifth season in a row that or fourth Third. open cup in a row that we've had Phoenix. We, we've had them every Open Cup, but there's only been three Open Cups since we've Same been thing. in existence. Either way, um, every time that we have an Open Cup and we make it to the third round, we have Phoenix. It's almost guaranteed. So it's kind of <laughs> old news. Um, I'm not looking forward to it because, once again, it's old news, and it's Phoenix. And I guess it's time to reincarnate the old saying of fuck Phoenix. Yeah, it's like the 97th time we played Phoenix in the past yeah. three years. So I, I'm know. almost positive we played. We have. I I can guarantee we have played El Paso more. Probably. Yeah. It's just we haven't we played them in Open Cup. Yeah, because we didn't have Phoenix. Uh, was it 21? 20 and 21 in the yeah. groups. Yeah, it just feel you know it just feels like it. But I mean, yeah, it, the draw is what it is. What does so the question I posed before Earl popped in was what does open cup have to do in order to fix these issues where you see repeated matchups? I would say not allow USL versus USL in the third, fourth rounds because so if you look at it, there's a very, very, very good possibility or not really very, very, very good possibility. And Harry, close your ears. Cause you're not going to like this. Um, there's a a chance where you have another USL versus USL match next round. Because if, for God forbid it happens, I'm a Nashville fan, so God forbid San Antonio beats Nashville, which I don't see it happening. Um, God forbid that actually happens. But if it does, you're probably looking at a New Mexico, uh, New Mexico Phoenix versus San Antonio match. So that's the fourth round of USL versus USL. And I I think it should be USL versus MLS or USL versus whatever next level down. It shouldn't be same level. Well, at, at this point, it may be all MLS versus MLS in the next round. So with a, with a few exceptions, given the way that, you know, tonight's results went. So, um I think they just need to re- redo the regions or open up the regions, you know, make it like an 18 pod or something or yeah, I, something along those lines or, and, and I know they want to keep it regional to an extent, but you know, do like Pacific and Pacific Northwest or you know Pacific and mountain and do central and Midwest and, you know, East and Northeast, something along those lines to where you've got a bigger pot, you've got more options and you get more possibilities so that you don't necessarily see the same two teams playing year after year. Yeah, I don't I don't like it. Um just because you get this problem where you're playing the same team over and over again, especially when you're gonna play the same team in about a month and a half's time anyways. I don't I don't think there's anything they can do, guys. Well, mainly because 
our pots have been four, four teams each time, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a 33% chance we're going to draw Phoenix and we've drawn them three times in a row. That's I'm not saying it's fishy, but I'm saying it's fishy. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think that's the matchup U.S. soccer wanted. And that's the matchup U.S. soccer gave us. Um, part of it also in the past has been because we couldn't host. Now I know this, this, this year, that's not the case, but in the past we've had, you know, we couldn't host. So it kind of took us out of, it changed the odds uh, in the way thing they do things there. And so, fuck, sorry. Um, well, last year was a 50, 50 shot. We get Phoenix. So, yeah. And, and so it just, it, maybe they can make the pods a little bit bigger and keep it still regional, but a little bit bigger region. But when you look at how the teams are laid out geographically, especially for us, it's maybe the Southern California teams we could get in with, maybe the Texas teams, but either way, Phoenix is going to be in our pod and have a, have a chance of drawing Phoenix every year. And the only way to draw the boundaries are, are with Phoenix with us. Uh, Harry brings up a good point though, uh, that we need El Paso and Colorado to win because then maybe we would have, I mean, it'd still be USL, but we could maybe have some other people play, but uh, El Paso and Colorado Springs, I don't think I've gotten out of the first round um, other than Colorado Springs in 2019, when we played them and beat them in the second or I guess that would have been the third or fourth round the round after we played Phoenix. So what do you do? I mean, it's, it is what it is. I kind of like it sometimes. Like I like seeing, uh, non, not us, but like, I like seeing Charlotte versus Charlotte, Miami versus Miami. I think it's cool, but that's an MLS team against an MLS team or a non MLS team. It's not us against a team that we play twice a year anyways. And so, I think we're just kind of stuck with it and hope that the draw every year when we have Phoenix in our pot goes a different way. Maybe they should need to do an East coast, West coast thing, you know, draw, you know, do uh, have one pot of West coast teams, one pot of East coast teams. And, you know, basically if you're East of Texas, you're in the East coast. If you're West of Texas or West, you're in the West coast pot. And then you draw lunch from each side. Maybe, maybe you do that. I don't know. Because I would love to see, you know, uh, you know, Charlotte, New Mexico, uh, you know, something along those lines. Or, you know, like uh, uh, NYCFC have to come play at the lab since they play on a shit baseball field, too. You know, so I, I don't know. Maybe that's a maybe that's a possible solution. But I know they want to limit uh, limit travel. So I don't know. But. Yeah, it's it's the travel that kills. Uh, I think. I think if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, some lower teams, lower, lower division teams inevitably find their way into these rounds that they don't want to, you know, make, um, who is it? Maryland, Maryland Bobcats FC, uh, travel to New Mexico, um, Mm. potentially. Um, if it wasn't for that, then, then maybe we could open it up. Maybe, maybe we wait and say, Hey, if you guys are in the, you know, fifth, sixth round, then, you got to be able to travel wherever we send you, but sorry, there's a Timberwolves game going. I get distracted easily. Um, <laughs> and it's in the last three minutes. 
Um, but yeah, the, the travel's the big thing with this with the smaller teams, especially, and until they figure out how to allow them to travel freely um, and don't take on that financial burden, where we're not going to see giant pots pods. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think there. Like I said, I don't think there's a good answer. Um, I think there's some ideas that could be floated around, though, whether or not U.S. Soccer and the Cup organizers decide that they want to change things. I don't know. <laughs> because, uh, U.S. Soccer change things, right? Ooh. U.S. Soccer in general. <laughs> yeah, we all know they want they want to keep the USL down. So you know. Uh, but moving on to our match specifically. Um, Looking at this, neither side has done particularly well so far this year in league play. <laughs> uh, Phoenix does hit a couple points ahead of, ahead of us purely because they have three more draws than we do. Um, you know, they did add some attacking pieces such as Jackson Conway, Danny Trejo. They brought they brought in Rocco Rios Novo. Um, I mean, what does this Phoenix team present that might give United some trouble tomorrow night? Oh, Danny Trejo. <laughs> He's, I mean, the he's, guy that Will Seymour put in his back pocket last time we played him? Uh, yes, uh, because he's still good. And, uh, one game isn't uh, the be-all, end-all. I, I look at his body of work and say, this guy is really freaking good. And um, and that was that was on a lights team, remember? Not a not a Phoenix squad, not a, a, a coach that actually might know what he's doing. Um, and so we just have to see and and go from there. But Trejo is definitely the most important and most dangerous piece on that uh, Phoenix attacking side anyways. And, um, and he's the one that we'll have to focus on much like we did uh, Damas against San Diego. Earl, who's the, who's the big piece for, for Phoenix this week? I would say Trejo as well. I mean, he, he knows how to score. He's done it before. Um, so yeah, Trejo is my wild card on what we have to do and how we're going to actually defend him. But I mean, I don't know. I probably won't even watch the match. Just kidding. Who's yours, Seth? Um, for me, the key for Phoenix is going to be their defensive play. Uh, they've had some issues uh, against the back. You know, they've got some nice attacking pieces up front. I I think that they can be very dangerous, but they have to be better better defensively. Um, They, going back to last year, they've not been very good at times. You know, they've allowed pace to kill them, uh, and they've done a little bit of the same so far this year. Now, we don't necessarily have a lot of pace. I just, I want to see how that back line defends and holds up in front of uh, Rios Novo. Um, And... You know, with with our attacking woes so far this year, I think there's a very good chance that uh, that Phoenix can can put up a, a solid defensive effort. So it's not necessarily a like one player in particular; it's that defensive unit. So I didn't know that was an option there. Uh, <laughs> since you said what, <laughs> since you said what player, um, but no, I I agree there to an extent. They they've only given up uh, more than one goal in a match twice this season, um, once to San Diego and once to oh shit, uh, oh both times to San Diego actually, um, but 
and everything else has been has been one goal. Uh, so they haven't kept a clean sheet, but still not. Uh, the defense hasn't been as bad as it was at times last year, if you ask me. Um, so we'll have to see uh, if if our offense can figure out how to crack that because it hasn't been our offense hasn't been good whatsoever. Now, did you guys think we see a rotated squad? Um, for this max for this match with orange County coming up on the weekend or, or does he roll out the, the quote unquote 18? That's a great question. It's actually one that was asked of Zach in his presser day, not necessarily in that, in that way, but uh, I want to say it was uh, Andy Hageman who asked the question and Zach very short to the point today is going to put the best squad. And so I mean, with that being said, and, you know, I talked about today on uh team talk, um, I, I, for me, I think we see primarily the first team. I don't see this as an opportunity to play the younger kids. I don't see you know Miles or Milo or any of those guys you know, getting time in this match. Um, so, so my question is, if Zach just said the best team, yeah, uh, I mean, is is that what we've he's been putting out there? Because I don't, I don't necessarily think that it is. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I honestly between the, between tomorrow and Saturday, I think we see what Zach believes to be the best team tomorrow night, and then maybe a little bit of rotation on Saturday. But I just I, I don't see there being any rotation tomorrow night. I don't see Zach yeah. pulling anything back tomorrow. I'm kind of glad you said that. Actually, I'm kind of not glad you said that. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't know what you did in your quiet time there. But you are louder than shit right now. Let's turn, I, I, turn, turn the mic down just a hair. I can't. Back up. Do something. I don't know what you did. Uh, yeah, Is that better? I think so. I don't know. Anyways, um, I actually don't. I actually don't like the fact that you said hit the best team. I, I know. I know that's part of the quote, but that just adds fuel to Cole's fire to where if for whatever reason we don't win tomorrow i thought we were gonna get um, him through an episode without mentioning cole mm. i was praying to god so too but you brought him up yeah <laughs> we <laughs> all know it's going to happen you didn't have to bring him up either which way i mean you can go down the list on people that that are on that whole bandwagon um yeah either way you're good. just gonna add fuel to that fire of he said this is the best squad what the fuck Okay, well, I mean, I I went through some of the nation comments, and I've looked at it from Saturday. I didn't. You you guys know that I don't do Facebook a whole. You're a glutton for punishment, aren't you? I don't pay attention. I, I it's it's hard enough going on Reddit because there's certain guys that have been hashtag Prince out since last year, and they're already on the Prince bandwagon. You know, hashtag Prince out bandwagon this year. I know there's another hashtag floating around on on the nation as well, but I look at the, the, the armchair coaches there and I look, but the, the thing is none of them have anything of substance to offer. They're not happy, which by all means they don't have to be. No one's saying they have to be happy with Zach's decisions or the way the team is playing, but I, none of them can do the job that Zach can. I, someone even, there was even a suggestion, Jacob, you and I talked about this. There was a suggestion that Rick Schatz be hired in, which to me is absolute like batshit crazy. 
But Jacob, you made a comment in the nation in response to somebody that at this point in the season, they're not going to fire Zach. Mm. They're not going to let him go. So whether we agree with what Zach is putting out there is what he feels is the best 11 for this match. I mean, realistically, we're missing two pieces, Bees and Nava, who we've talked about are the engines that drive a lot of the creativity. We don't know how long Bees is going to be out. We know we don't have Nava at all this year. So, I mean, ideally, who is, without those two, who who is missing from a best 11 for us? Who should be in there if it's truly going to be the best 11 against Rising tomorrow? Uh, I think it needs to be a formation change. And I think it needs to be more of a four four two. Um I think you need Doling and Hurst in there uh to kind of hold up play work with each other. I think those are probably the two the two best options for creativity. Um sorry. Uh, basketball game. <laughs> so not necessarily so not necessarily a personnel issue for you. It's more a it's more a, a tactical change. Well, it's it's both because in in the four two three one that we've been playing, that that number ten position, which is typically Weehan or Nava, um, had, was Sergio in, in the last match. It it can't be Sergio. Um, he's he he that's not his strength. Um. So since you don't have him, you can't have him there. Maybe you put uh, an un, uh, a guy like Jose Sosa or uh, Milo and see what he can do. But I think our better bet is to kind of change things up a little bit. Basically take out that 10 position and put in another nine uh, and play one as like a false nine uh, where they can kind of work off each other where one can be the holdup player and the other one can make a run behind uh, and they can kind of take turns doing that and give a little different look to, to the defense. And I believe we saw some of that against UDA. Uh, even if UDA was, was a lower division team, it was a different look at that time. And, and I think we need to do something with that. Um, or maybe it's as simple as if we come out and we beat Phoenix tomorrow, then we just need to wear the turquoise kits uh, from here on out. I don't know. That very well could be it. I mean, you know, we're already one and zero in the turquoise kits, so maybe that is the answer. Um, but Earl, speaking of, speaking of the turquoise kits, um, I am putting it out there that I am once again opening up the donation door for a turquoise kit. Um, I don't know if they fit small this time, so a large would be perfectly fine. Um, just putting that out there. Earl, today was your birthday. Did you not get a kit for your birthday? I plead the fifth. <laughs> so either A, Earl doesn't want to get in trouble, or B, he did not get a kit. So here's the thing. Not to get off track, but my birthday today was great. Okay. I didn't get any kit. Um, My gift was given to me two weeks ago. Because I went fishing two weeks ago, so I got new fishing stuff. You golfed yesterday, um, too. I went golfing yesterday. Um, so all the things, and this is going to sound terrible, and God forbid it comes off that way, but I don't give a shit. Um, everything I wasn't able to do in my past life, I'm able to do now. 
so that's my gift. So today I spent, well, I mean, technically the past week and a half I've spent at my girlfriend's house because I haven't worked in the past week and a half. Um, <laughs> that doesn't sound like a happy I haven't worked in the past week and a half. That sounds like a uh, working for the state is hard uh, and they've screwed me over a little bit. And uh, actually, I... they didn't screw me over at all. I'm taking oh, okay. sick leave um, because breaking oh, the, news the, for everybody. The hepatitis on your eyes? Yeah, the the general herpes on my eyeball. Um, so breaking news for everybody, this Monday I do start a position to where Jacob's Facebook post of hiring seasonal people will be my job. With Emnerd? Yeah. Nice! So I did oh, pick yeah, up Earl. an HR position with Emnerd dealing with seasonal employees. Fuck yeah, Earl. You take Diana's spot then. I took Diana's spot. Nice. That's awesome. I cannot wait. That's freaking sick. I can I get to email Earl for work. You get to email me all fucking day now. I'm gonna be like, Earl, where's my fucking pay stubs? And then you'll be like, what pay stubs? And I'll be like, I need my damn pay stubs, Earl. Hell yeah, that's sick, bro. And all I'm gonna say is talk to Giselle. Earl, you you do know that I am attempting to find a job in uh correct? And where uh, have you looked at, S- at the SPO website? There's a shit ton of them in the SPO website. Just do the legwork and find one on the SPO website. Okay. So I do know that uh, State Parks is hiring, and you can go to the Academy now in August. Uh, it's yeah, that's in July. Nice. And he said HR, not LE. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I do know there's a position up here in Vegas that's opened up. Uh, yeah, no. Chicken shit. <laughs> Look, beggars can't be choosers. Albuquerque. I have kids. Albuquerque. I can't go to Vegas. <laughs> Bring your kids with you. Earl, are you going to have to go into the office every day? Yeah. You are? Yeah, but I don't face any public. I can... I mean, I can wear jeans every day if I want. That's cool. Yep. So anyways, Seth, what were you saying? I don't even know now. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I hate it here. <laughs> You're the one that got us off track. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, rising tomorrow night. We were talking about the. Uh, uh, is it is it a tactical thing? Is there someone that you think needs to be in there for best eleven? Like, what do you think needs to happen? Because apparently, Zach may be second guessing some things, and clearly, social media is second guessing Zach as well. Yeah. Um, sorry. Girlfriend texting me. I'm texting her. Uh, so, yeah, I think a formation change would be perfect. I mean, um, I don't know what formation Jacob said we were in. Uh, four, <laughs> five, one. four, two, three, one. Four, two, three, one. Same thing. Um, and I had, I had it. I was like, all right, cool. I can go off of that. But I think not having one person up top. Having two, so it was like a four-four-two, a three-five-two, something along that line, to where you have someone. So even if you have like Hurst and Doling, have those two up top, and you can still work with you where you have um, Santi and Amando on the pitch. That makes four strikers. I mean, you can do quite a lot with three-five-two. I think that's where you need. That's I think that's the ideal formation, especially right now, not having. A not having Weehan or Nava, 
So having a three-five-two, you could pretty much do what you want with that, where you still have your two attacker midfield, but you also have the one that could drop back. Um, that's just my thought. Earl, are you going to be at the lab tomorrow night? I won't be at the lab tomorrow night. I will be there Saturday, though. You will be there Saturday. Okay. I actually, get, I'm getting seats. I will have front row seats over in the middle of nowhere. Um, and then maybe we'll go talk to you during like halftime or something. Okay. The um, okay, we'll have to talk about that off air. Um, so all right, I mean, yeah. So it sounds like you know potentially uh, a formation shift, maybe it's a, maybe get two at the top. I think two at the top is a great idea. It's something we've talked about here recently as well. Um, I mean, real quick predictions for the scoreline tomorrow night. Two one. Who? Us. Okay. Uh, you can't pick a draw. That's the thing here. So I think it goes to PKs and I think we pull it out. You read my mind. That's what I was going to say. Um, and I'll go like one, one, and then we go to PKs. Yeah. I don't necessarily have a lot of faith in either club to score. I think, I think the defenses will, will do better than the offensive side of the ball uh, for both sides. Um, so, yeah, I could see 1-1 one, one going to penalties with us pulling out, you know. Uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's it. Because um, I just, I, I, at this point with what we've seen so far, and Jacob, you and I talked about a lot on Saturday, you know, where are the opportunities coming from? Where are, where's the chance generation happening, you know? And we haven't seen enough from this team against, first team player in the US championship yet this year. Still some things to be worked out. Uh those are our predictions. Earl taking a two one win. Jake and I both saying United advances on PKs over Phoenix Rising tomorrow night out at the lab in the third round of the Lamar Hunt US Open Cup. Looking ahead to Saturday, Orange County comes in now. First time this season United has had a homestand of sorts. Uh, back at the lab Saturday night, Orange County, another side that uh, has had a rough go of it here in the early weeks of the season. Um, what was that? I think it was my, I think it was my refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, you know, looking at what Orange County have has done so far this year, um, they are sitting. I believe they're sitting. Eighth, ninth, uh, one win, three draws, three losses. Right, so coming off of a loss to Birmingham Legion, two one. Uh, prior to that, a win over Indy Eleven and a loss to El Paso. Um, so I mean, what? Looking at again Saturday night, Orange County. What does Orange County present as a as a danger to United? I think it's similar to to Phoenix. I think uh, they have some attacking talent. Uh, Milanovski, obviously. Uh, the Golden Boot winner from last year uh, is the first name that comes to mind. Um, now, have they been able to put that together uh, this year? Not really. Uh, they've scored more than one goal only one time this year, and that was against Lights. Um, their defense has been pretty stout. They gave up two against Lights, but then one against uh, just about everybody else except for Birmingham. And so they're kind of it's they're just very similar to Phoenix in my eyes. 
as far as uh, I think they're a talented club, um, just like we are, for instance. But what they actually do with that talent on the pitch is yet to be seen. I mean, they started off um, one loss and two draws all at home to start the season. Um, and then they've had since had a win and a loss at home uh, the last two matches. So they're kind of all over the place. Uh, their road record, um, uh, a loss and a draw. They haven't played away from home very much, so that might bode well for us. But uh, I think it, when you're looking at just what they can do to hurt us, is uh, well, when any the answer to this, honestly, is against any team until our offense decides that they can actually string together more than 20 minutes of of danger, then everybody's best everybody's best attribute against us is the fact that our offense hasn't been good. And so if you have even a manageable defense that's not a complete sieve, then you have a pretty good chance of holding us to a goal or less uh, with the way the offense is playing right now. And and so looking at their what they've done so far this year, how their defense has played, how our offense has played, um, that worries me a little bit. Uh, and then you look at the, the likes of Alaski and, and, um, and, oh shit, I can't think of their, they, they have two Alaskis, uh, believe it or not, that aren't right. related. Um, but they, they just have some talent there that, that makes me a little nervous. Although I would have said the same thing against San Diego and we were able to, to play a pretty good, uh, defensive game against them. So, uh, Thomas Among is over there as well. We'll see what what who they decide to put out there, but it's just a a team that on paper looks like they should be pretty good, and they haven't really put it together just like us and just like Phoenix. So th- these three games, even though Phoenix is Open Cup and not um, league play, are are going to go a long way in determining like how we should feel about the season because we're playing two teams that are kind of in the same predicament as us and two teams that we should be able to go out and, and at least compete with. And so if we get run off the pitch by either one, uh, or if we end up losing both of these in in some heartbreaking fashion, uh, then maybe we start thinking, uh, maybe, maybe a change is needed just for change sake. But I don't think, I don't think it's going to come to that. I think we're going to, you know, pull out an ugly win against Phoenix and PKs because it's open cup and that's typically what we do in the open cup. If we're going to move on, uh, and then orange County here, uh, in league play should be at least, um, at least a draw, a good looking draw, if not a a really good looking win. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, the two Alaskis, yeah, obviously Milan and Brian Alaski. Um, they're both, you know, Brian Olaski is not necessarily an attacking threat. He's more of a defensive midfielder from what I've seen of him. He is a guy that can cause some issues, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Orange County hasn't really put everything together. You mentioned Among and Milan Olaski, um, two guys who we know can score and be threats up top. Looking at their roster, it only appears, and I don't know too much about the Orange County defensive line, it looks like they returned two players from last year, Alex Villanueva and Brent Richards, two guys to keep an eye on back there um, and to see what they can do. And also we forgot to mention uh, Seth Kasipli, uh, another name that, is, that has been floating around the USL championship for, for some time, a very capable player, um, a guy that has played very well for um, 
Orange County in the past. So, yeah, I think, and I, and I mentioned earlier, I think we do see some sort of rotation Saturday against Orange County, uh, depending on the results of tomorrow night. Uh, maybe we see you know Milo and and Miles get a shot at it, at the at the team sheet. Maybe not necessarily a start, but bring them in around 65, 70 minutes, let them get an opportunity, you know, maybe Jose Sosa. Uh, I mean, there are options that Zach has available if he goes that route over the weekend. Um, I, I do think it's going to be a tough match on Saturday, uh, given our woes so far this year. Uh, again, th- things could change with a good performance on Wednesday. Things could change with a good performance on Saturday. You know, so going back to the, to the Saturday, um, the only way I see a formation change or lineup change is if tomorrow's match goes into extra time or penalties. If it's a clean win in 90 or a clean loss in 90, I don't think we see a formation change. I think we just roll with the punch and just continue on. But if we go into extra time where it's a physical extra time and then we have to actually hit penalties, which God forbid we do, um, then I think we see Milo come on. We see Jose Sosa come on. Um, and some of the younger, younger squad that we have. All right. I mean, yeah, we all seem to be in a very similar boat as far as what might happen on Saturday. And yeah, I don't disagree, Earl. I think if I, I said, it, I think what happens Saturday depends a lot on, on the result tomorrow, you know? If it is clean win, clean loss, you know, maybe we do see, uh, you know, basically the same group. Uh, if it does go extra time, yeah, I think there will be some definite rotation at that point. Um, and you kind of hope, too, that maybe Bees will be back. I don't necessarily think that he will. We haven't gotten an update on the actual injury itself as, as far as the time frame. Um, but, you know, that that is a that will be a concern until he does come back. And as far as we know, there aren't any other knocks. To anybody, let me double check my email real quick just in case David sent something this evening. I didn't get um, anything today. You didn't get anything? Okay. No. I'd say I didn't think so, but you never know. Um, so, all right. Predictions for Saturday 2 1. Nah, nah. I'm going to go 1 0. 1 0. Okay. I don't know if we're capable of scoring two goals right now. <laughs> I say 1-1. One, one. Mm. Only because that whole death minute, dying moments of the match, giving up a goal, is still in play. We saw it on Saturday where we gave up a goal at the end of the first half. Um, and no, I did not watch the match, but... Yeah, that that whole giving up a goal when it counts the most still haunts us and still plagues us as it is. Yeah, this was a that was an observation that someone made to me earlier, um, and we were, we were kind of talking about you know talking about the the, the, the Zach mentioning he was, you know second guessing maybe there's a lack of confidence there, and I mean you look at it three consecutive matches we've opened up the scoring had a lead. And then giving it up. Uh, I mean, how before I give my prediction, like how much of a factor do you think that plays into you know, Zach's decision making going into this week or into any of the upcoming matches? Like, does it is it really that big of an issue, or is that just 
you know, is it mental issues on the pitch? Is it a tactical thing? Like, I mean, who, so here's my thing is, yeah, Zach can make a change. I mean, he has the squad for it, but who does he change? Is it the back line? Is it Alex? Is it's it certainly not Alex. Like, who do you make the change on? I mean, that's where it's at. The one that went in on Saturday was off of the foot of Harry. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that one was a bit unlucky. You know, Harry sliding in to try to make a stop ball goes basically off his hip and into the goal. Like, yeah. And we saw it last year where Alex whiffed on a ball on a pass that was sent to him, and it scored. So I mean, I don't know who you would change if you do make a change. I just don't know who you who's your scapegoat at that point. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, it, it's it's a tough decision, you know. I mean, that's why we're not getting paid for it. Um, we're not getting paid at all, if we're gonna be honest. No, I mean, I, I get paid at my job. Well, I still get paid at this. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happens. I don't know. I think the next couple, next couple of weeks are going to be real telling as far as the potential outcome of this season for United. Um, that being said, I think this week is a really good opportunity to get back on track and get some things going. Maybe get some guys. Uh, get a fire under him. You know, Asante obviously opened his account for the season over the weekend. Um, so maybe that gets a fire going under him. I I don't know. Um, but I think Orange County coming to town Saturday. I think we have a really good chance to pick up a win. I'm going to go 2-1 over Orange County on Saturday. All right, I mean, that's all that I had for this evening. Uh, do you guys have any closing thoughts before we get out of here? No, no. All righty, then. I um, guess we should say real quick, it is the fourth minute of stoppage time. Monterey Bay still leads San Jose 1-0. Nice. So we might have a USL MLS upset after all tonight. Yeah. Uh, it didn't look promising there for a while. So good deal. I think we have, I don't know what the matches are tomorrow, but I know there's uh, uh, several more MLS versus uh, lower-level squads uh, going tomorrow. I know include Rapids against uh, Northern Colorado Hailstorm, so that'll be a good one to watch. Hopefully uh, we can get some some fireworks there. Um, other than that, I don't have a whole lot. Uh, Earl, congrats again. Um, Seth, congrats on the, the social media job there. Uh, you guys are moving up in the world finally. Uh, glad to see somebody's uh, recognizing talent and giving you guys some shots. Um, other than that, Harry, thanks for being in the chat. Everybody that's watching, everybody that listens to this in the future, thank you. Uh, we will be back tomorrow night. No, you're going to the game, huh, Seth? Yeah, I'll be there. So probably not tomorrow night, uh, unless if me and Earl don't go, if we decide to hop on uh, and do a live, but I doubt that. Um, so we'll be back uh, Saturday. No, nope. yeah, Saturday. No, nope. no, nope. probably not Saturday either. Probably huh? not Saturday. Yeah, uh, we'll be back next Tuesday then. Um, Tuesday, nine o'clock. Uh, we'll talk about the last two matches. Hopefully, a couple wins there. We'll preview the. Uh, is it RGV? I believe. Yes, RGV for Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Yep, RGV match coming up uh, after this weekend. We'll get uh, an update on Earl's first day on the job if he's here. Um, 
we'll get uh, Seth's talks about uh, 101.7 The Team. I'm sure he'll have a, a couple of plugs in there with him being a company man now and all. <laughs> um, oh, nobody did the da-na-na-na-na-na. For me, I see how it is. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, uh, if you, you can catch us on social media, uh, if you need anything, I want to shout out to Tom uh, from Twitter. Um, we got you, man. If you need us, we're here. Other than that, we will see you guys Tuesday, and let's get uh, an advancement in the U.S. Open Cup and three points on Saturday. Somos Nidos. And that's a final in Monterey, 1-0. Happy birthday, Earl. Oh, shit, my bad, Earl. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.